Trading at Schwab is now powered by Ameritrade, bringing you an expanding library of education with even more ways to sharpen your trading skills. Access new online courses, insightful webcasts, articles, engaging videos, and more, all curated just for traders. Plus, guided learning paths with content designed to fit your unique interests. No sifting to find exactly what you need so you can spend your time learning to trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Want to invest in consumer brands and retail? Want to construct a portfolio that includes trying to find the next hot thing? Well, you probably want to consult with Martin Dolphy. He is a managing partner of M3 Ventures. He can be followed on Twitter at DolphyVC, and Martin joins me in the studio. Martin, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Ben. Tell people a little of your background so that they understand where you're coming from and what you're trying to accomplish. Sure. Um, I began my career in investment banking. Um, I was a consumer analyst and then made the jump over to private equity. Um, in 2006 and seven, I was involved with the acquisition of American Apparel and brought that company public. Um, and from, from that uh, point forward, I had an interest in, in consumer and retail investing. I ended up joining a creative arts agency in their, and, and uh, running their uh, consumer and, and fashion group. So began doing business development, a lot of collaborations with Target and H&M and Topshop for brands like Rag & Bone, Marquesa, Opening Ceremony. And um, and then from from that point forward, um, you know, really wanted to put some some uh, money to work in the in the sector. So uh, early uh, early last year, began a, um, a venture capital firm that that invests in uh, early stage consumer companies. And that this is uh, M three Ventures. M three Ventures. Tell us about M three Ventures and the kinds of companies or the kinds of strategy that you're looking to support. Hmm. Uh, the first filter is high growth. So we've got to see companies at least with uh, 100% year-over-year growth. Typically, we'll, we'll wait until they get out to uh, 5 to $10 million in, in annual revenues. Um, with consumer brands, I think you want to let them go a little bit further to make sure there's a real sustainable business there. And... Um, you know, we look for founders that have strong track records of you know running running great uh, management teams. Uh, typically, the things we get involved with have millennial underpinnings, so their customers uh, are young and engaging, and they uh, leverage technology to inter interact with uh, the consumers better. I'm just going to give yeah. you one name from your portfolio, so maybe use that as an example, and we'll go through some of the others. But mm -hmm. Carbon Thirty Eight. Yeah, Carbon Thirty Eight, great team. Katie Warner Johnson and Caroline Gogolak. Tell people what it is. We don't. Want to yeah, they, so they uh, it's an online marketplace that sells women's activewear brands. So you go to carbon38.com, you get a drop down menu. There's 50 women's activewear brands, and um, and they you know they buy it wholesale and, and market up at retail. And they've had phenomenal growth. We'll do about 20 million in revenue this year. Did did seven last year, and. Um, you know, gr great team. Uh, we also invested in uh, Spiritual Gangster, which is a yoga brand based out of Phoenix. 
um, great team, uh, husband-wife team that used to own a dozen yoga studios. They sell uh, uh, soft goods, apparel, uh, through Equinoxes, Bloomingdale's, uh, and lots of independent uh, yoga boutiques. Well, yeah, I was going to say that you're not just focused on clothing and, and, and retail. I mean, for example, I know that you've got a company called Soma that is part of the portfolio. Tell us about Soma. Yeah, so, uh, Soma is a great company based out of San Francisco, uh, run by a guy named Mike Del Ponte. Uh, they produce beautiful kind of decanter quality uh, water uh, uh, filtration products. Uh, the easiest way to think about it is it's almost like Apple design meets the Brita. Um, beautifully designed, uh, uh, biodegradable products. The filters uh, you get bi-monthly in the mail, so 60% of the revenues through uh, filter subscription, and you're filtering through uh, burnt coconut shells, so something that uh, uh, you know better than some of the plastics uh, products in the market. How do you how do you figure out what the valuation is of a company that is growing so quickly? Uh, I mean, it's easy to figure out in the in the public market, uh, right? Do, but these are all private. In the, yeah. in the private market, typically, uh, you know, you're paying for a growth story. You're paying up for a growth story a little bit. Um, for the you know the multiples that we observe in the market are typically three to four times trailing twelve months revenues, and you know uh, you know three three to you know two and a half to three times current year uh, annual revenues. Um, most of the time at this stage in the companies, they're just focused on top line growth. Um, that's that is changing, uh, in, you know, in, in the in the kind of broader macro climate. Companies are t- trying to tighten up margins and you know, make sure they're they're building a sustainable business. But um, you know, it's key to have a really really great growth story uh, if we're going to get involved. Now, there's one company uh, called Janu. Yeah, and th- this I got to say is something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is clothing, but it is for professionals, and I mean professionals in the healthcare industry. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, John is uh, yeah, based out of Los Angeles. Um, great guy runs it. Uh, former uh, private equity Yakaipa uh, <coughs> investor and uh, an Indian family that actually has ties to uh, you know apparel and manufacturing over there. So so they produce better design scrubs basically and you know it's a very sleepy market lots of kind of incumbents uh, large companies and uh they basically have better form fit and um you know they have an antimicrobial feature in their garments too um and they're just doing fantastic how do you find most of these companies uh it it comes from existing founders uh existing lps uh, and m3 ventures uh, industry lawyers, um, uh, third-party providers. Uh, and then I, when I was at uh, CAA, uh, you know, it was uh, fairly visible in the marketplace. So we got a lot of inbound stuff. And and, and lastly, uh, my, you know, my partner, Tracy Dubb, uh, was recently at Sandbridge Capital, along with uh, Tommy Hilfiger and a lot of the guys over there doing a lot of great investments too. So she has, she has great deal flow as well. Is there a, a certain dollar amount or percentage that you're willing to invest in companies at this level? Yeah, we typically uh, our entry level check will be between half a million and a million in a company, uh, with the intention to follow on invest in subsequent rounds and try to maintain ownership position. Uh, I, I'm, you know, we're not so uh, focused on a particular ownership percentage. More, more important is that we get started with the right companies and really build a, a great base of portfolio companies. What do you believe is the biggest? Uh sort of illusion or misconception about investing in startup companies in this space? That it's fad driven is one thing that a lot of people talk about. Also, can these companies get large? 
uh, which yeah, what, everyone wants to be uh, yeah. Warby Parker or uh, Bonobos, uh, far-fetched, a billion-dollar uh, you know uh, unicorn. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, you got you do have to kind of know how to pick the right ones, and we you know think we've been around the space long enough to kind of have a, a good sense of that. Um, but um, they can certainly you know they can certainly scale if you if you provide the right business development resources around them and and. Um, yeah, I mean, you back the right founders. Talking about spending the money once they've raised it, mm. is there a change in the split? So, for example, you might spend upwards of 30 to 40% on marketing, another 30% on the technology, and maybe another 30% on the uh, sort of back office uh, industrial production of the actual goods uh, that you're selling. Yeah, a good good portion of the working capital, capital typically goes to funding inventory. Um, and you also want to carve out a good piece of that for a proper marketing budget. Typically, these companies want to hire a couple C-level executives, like a good CMO to come in. Um, and uh, and a CFO, so usually you know thirty percent of the working you know the, the use of proceeds schedule will be for for new hires, um, and um, you know content creation and yeah I mean um, pretty and similar. Is that all, is, is that typically go to things like social media? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different strategies. You know, mar- marketing through social channels like Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat now is a bit but you know big. Um, uh, channel that people are utilizing, yeah. And there's typically they have internal people, that, uh, marketing groups that will um, spend in different areas and evaluate um, conversion rates and uh, AOVs and, and different. What are AOVs? Uh, average order value um, and KPIs, key performance indicators. Those are things you want to look at in these e-commerce-based businesses to make sure that your marketing spend is converting uh, properly and, and you're and you're getting the most out of your spend. What's the uh, not the biggest mistake you've made, but I mean, is there something that's happened in the last six months that you wish that you had known previously and said, gee, you know, if I'd only known that sooner, I wouldn't have done that? Yeah, well, look, we're learning. This is, uh, you know, a first time fun for us. And, um, you know, I, I think looking back over the year, we, we picked a great group of eight companies. The, the portfolio will do about $65 million uh, on a consolidated basis this year, did 25 last year. Uh, but the, the uh, the one thing I'd say, uh, looking back, what maybe changed, I, we followed um, some known investors into one particular deal, kind of based on their previous track record, and that's the one that's probably went a little sideways out of the eight. Um, it's back on track now, and it's actually a, it, there's a pending acquisition involved with that one. But uh, got to have your own personal conviction around these. Got to stay passionate about what you believe in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well done. Thanks very much uh, for coming in and spending time with me. Thanks for having me. Martin Dolphy is a managing partner for M3 Ventures. He can be followed on Twitter at DolphyVC. We're going to take you through to the close on Wall Street. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world.